let that trauma be shit that becomes alchemized into fertilizer and supports my growth. Trust me because I am sharing with you the best of me based on the information I have right now and be discerning. The past five conversations we've had has been you offloading and I think it would be really wonderful if we had a conversation that was celebrating something that was going on because they're getting bar snacks of Mm. growth by signing on to all of these programs and packages it's always when I stop and then I'm like adrenaline keeps you going and then you crash and then you're like why are you tired and then you go oh yeah your day started at 9am and it's 10 who works like that you have totally got this welcome to the things I wish I'd known podcast We're on a mission to help those of us who feel way too sad, way too often, remember what it's like to feel alive and 100% yourself again. So whether you're here because you're stressed out, feel like your emotions are constantly hijacking your life, or you've just somehow lost your way, your host Rachel has got your back. Let's have all the chats everyone told us not to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Rebellion. She's a raver, misbehaver and suicide survivor turned happiness champion. She's on a mission to bring happiness back because let's face it, it never really went out of fashion. This podcast may contain content that is triggering for some listeners. If you're sensitive to certain topics, please check the show notes for full episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known with your host, Rachel, the founder of Wealth and Wellbeing. I am so excited. I know I say this every week. You must think she's so excited, <laughs> bull person. But I really am super excited to be speaking with Tammy today. I kind of stumbled across her by chance because I saw an Instagram TV that she did with Mind Blossom and it was called Don't Play With Trauma. And it was basically the first time I'd seen someone talk publicly about trauma and coaching and it resonated with me so much and it was one particular thing that you said actually where you said doing courses and coaching without dealing with your trauma is like building a house on quicksand Mm -hmm. and I was like yes (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) I literally was like why is no one talking about this and then I was a bit like oh yeah why am I not talking about this too I probably shouldn't then we'll talk maybe a bit about this later as well but I said well I'm not a trauma expert blah 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 Um, but it just resonated with me so much I'm so happy to have you on the pod today for those that have not come across Tammy before um she is a coach, a writer, a speaker, also a podcaster, and she helps highly ambitious freelance and entrepreneurial women to learn how to tend to their own needs. She helps them to befriend themselves, which I love that terminology, and to also develop an identity beyond what they do, which I think is so important for anyone that follows this. Know, you know, that whole you are not your level of productivity is so important. Um, She also uses trauma safe integrated approaches, which I think is also super important and is so passionate. I just can't wait for you guys to meet her about not only cultivating like emotional safety, but also how to manifest a life and a business that you're going to love from the inside out. And so I want you all to meet her. Hello, Tamri. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been like, I've been watching your skipping videos, your tarot and this and that. I'm like, yeah, finally, we're here together. (laughs) And So, I mean, for those that don't know you, how did you get into this? And also what I would love to know is why is being trauma-informed like really important to you in your work? Um, Well, really simply put, being trauma-informed is a non-negotiable because when you're working with human beings, you're working with the whole human being, regardless of what type of coaching you're doing. Um, And so we need to be aware that human beings, we come with stuff. There aren't many of us that have got to adulthood unscathed because part of our conditioning is about suppressing and splitting off parts of ourselves that aren't palatable to society, parents, teachers, religious leaders, whomever we've grown up with. um, And that causes trauma. Mm. And when we are in a position where we're starting to question things and we are starting to invest 
in ways of being that allows us to expand and grow. We unearth all sorts of stuff. So it's really important for people that are working with people um, in a capacity where it's about looking at your the stories you use to define yourself, about mm. changing your way of being. It's really important that um, we are trauma-informed as practitioners. I think that should be the norm. Furthermore, my background is social work. I was a children and family social worker for 16 years. Wow. I worked with trauma all day long. Yeah. I understand how trauma manifests in people's lives. People have the impression that social work is uh, just working with people that are marginalized, socially excluded, people that live on the periphery of society, people that come from low socioeconomic groups. Mm. But I've worked with lords and ladies, um, mm. worked with people from all walks of life, all walks of society. And yes, there are more issues uh, impacting people that are from lower socioeconomic groups but there's not one type of human being that doesn't experience some kind of dysfunction, mm. pain, something that um, takes them away from feeling safe. Yeah. Um, so being trauma informed is essential. And I think that as an industry as a whole, I'm not sure about America, but I think America and they're much more advanced in terms of coaching than we are. But there's been a lot of damage caused. There's been a lot of wounding by this kind of, you've got to get up and smash it type of coaching mm. or this really heavily law of attraction based coaching. I love that. It's us to bypass our Just innate. bypass it all. Yeah, yeah. Just sit on and your bed and wish for a million pounds and wait for it to drop in your lap. It's like... And it creates, or not even it creates, it expands the addiction cycle we experience as part of our socialization and self-blame so people then become addicted to working with coaches and believe that they're unable to be the person they want to be unless they're working with coaches and what happens is people end up being in a position where they're suspended at the same level of operating but they don't realize it because they're getting bar snacks mm. of growth by signing on to all of these programs and packages, not really questioning. You've got to get to the next oh, level. Well, not even just that. Well, it's because you didn't do the work. It's mm. because you didn't show up. It's because you didn't make yourself visible. It's mm. because you didn't really go for it. So they are enamored by these coaches, mentors, whatever titles they use, who are talking about their five-figure launches, their six-figure launches, going from multi-six figures to seven figures. Mm. And it's very difficult for them to see the wood for the trees and realize that what is happening is a bit like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. And they will never work their way up that pyramid. What they will continue to do is fuel the people above them and they will continue to chase mm. addictively trying to be like that person they're continuously working with until it gets to a point where they will either decide that they're not good enough and do something else, or they may be one of the very few lucky ones who are able to make it to that level um, mm. that they're chasing. But those people are very few and far between. I think it's interesting because like one of the things that I often say in Clear Club in my membership is like, don't listen to me, <laughs> like listen to me, but don't listen to me. Like if, if I'm teaching what I believe to be my truth and things that have worked for me, I think they might work for a lot of other people, but they might not work for you. And that's okay. And that's why I like to teach lots of different tools because yeah. this month, the tool that I'm teaching, you might think that's a load of shit that doesn't work for me, or I don't like that particular thing. And that's okay. Trust yeah. yourself don't yeah. trust me yeah. but then there's this weird thing isn't there between like um when I often talk about the depression side of things because when I was like in bed with depression and I couldn't you know I literally couldn't get up listening to a message like you can just heal yourself all you need to do is change your mindset and da -da -da, I would have been like 
literally go fuck yourself like you don't understand depression you're lucky that you would have been oh go fuck yourself my tendency my default yeah. is to internalize so i would have mm. unconsciously internalized the message that i'm not good enough yeah and then i would have been thrown further into into my um despair depression mm. depression depression yeah and my shutdown i would have yeah. been really inhabiting the freeze response mm. because a i would be feeling so down about myself that I wouldn't be able to have the energy to be active to mm-hmm. actually even stand up for myself. Yeah. And then I would have the additional weight. All right. So now I'm not getting up and smashing it. I'm mm-hmm. not planning my day to the nth degree. I'm not doing the morning routine. My nighttime routine consists of me literally being up until I can't be up anymore and flaking out in bed. So you know, I, I admire people that would be like, oh, fuck you, you're chatting shit. Yeah. Because where I was and what my default, my conditioning mm. has led me to be one of those people that literally inhales those sorts of messages when I'm feeling low. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah, it's it's just like trying to find this balance, right, between being able to help people. And I think for me, one of the most empowering moments of my depression well there was a couple but one of them was when I realized I could fix it you know like that was actually like a really pinnacle moment for me because similar to what you've just been saying I massively was in that I am a burden no nobody even I couldn't even ask anybody for help because why would they help me because I don't even deserve the help and even if I did deserve the help I should be able to look after myself I'm supposed to be this you know like I always thought of myself as quite an independent quite Mm -hmm. powerful woman and I had this career and you know had loads of friends and family and wasn't like I had a really abusive childhood so you know I should just be flourishing and all that kind of stuff and it was it was when I started to realize that no one was coming to save me and that obviously with support and time and all those other amazing things, I could get myself out of it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually. And I was watching other TED Talks and YouTube videos of people that, you know, had done it and thinking, well, if they can do it, there's a little bit of hope. You know, if they could do it, maybe I could do it. But I had no idea how long that road was going to be mm-hmm. and how much work it takes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, I think sometimes people look at someone like me and think wow you know you've done it it's like I haven't done it I continually do it (laughs) I continually do it every day I have to do it you know to to stay um well and trying to put that message across in a way that doesn't doesn't come across like you're blaming someone because it's never anybody's fault yeah, well, I think that it's a, it is a very fine line, but in you talking or and in you talking about saying to your community, trust me, but don't trust me. <laughs> when I, you know, I'm a social worker and I'm a naturally analytical person. Mm. When I look at the message below that, well, actually, that is the environment for trust. Mm. It's, I don't want to trust or I don't trust people who are like, I'm the gospel, this is the Mm. way, this is the only way. I think that you cultivate a trusting relationship when you say to people, trust me because I am sharing with you the best of me based on the information I have right now and be discerning. So for me, high trust is a big deal for me. Like mm. trust is the, the the beginning, the middle, the end. Mm. I talk about things like I want my, the people that work with me, the people in my community, I want them to feel like really cherished. Yes. I want them to feel real autonomic intimacy. Yeah. I want them to feel like I've got arms that are big enough for them to just flop and be like a walrus. Yeah. No need to brace or hold yourself. Yeah. And that is because I will give you the truth that I have. And I will say to you that I may learn something that puts a different complexion on things, or as I evolve and grow, yeah. my mind may change. Yeah. This morning, my friend Kerry, Kerry Jarvis, she shared a post on Instagram where she was basically talking about different self-help, personal development kind of messages mm. 
that were shared of old. And she um, added that reading those is a bit like when you look at pictures of previous hairstyles, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. So it's not that I was um, being disingenuous, that that stuff I was saying previously is untrustworthy. It's that it's no longer relevant based on the information we have now. So I think it's really, really important whether you are somebody that's looking for coaching, mentoring, therapeutic support, to have that discernment, to check in Mm. with who you are. And if something doesn't feel right, actually the people holding the space, cultivating a space where people can say, can I check this out? Because this doesn't feel right with me. Or whenever you say that, I feel really hurt inside and I'm not quite sure why. Mm. So that we can make sure that our work not that we're bending and molding things to different people all the time because we've got to stand for what we stand for, but to make sure that we are actually being of service to the people we're working with rather being of service to proving ourselves right. Mm -hmm. I think that as coaches, mentors, healers, um, you know, whatever title it is we adopt, I think it's really, really important for us to be committed to doing what's right as opposed to proving ourselves right yes and ongoing training because like I mean I'm obsessed so I don't know whether that's healthy or not but I'm obsessed with this topic like I'm probably quite boring I actually realized this at a party the other day I was like oh my god you're talking about trauma at party what the hell's wrong with you I would say party one of my favorite topics covid party three people in a garden yeah. you know chatting to to this uh, one of my mates girlfriends and um and I thought oh god and I said to her sorry this is probably really boring and she's like no it's really interesting and, and it was cool you know but I, I thought god I have to check myself because all I want to do is read and learn and absorb and I'm doing this really interesting course at the moment about um the gut brain connection mm-hmm. I've got to admit it is a little bit I'm like having to learn the name of all the cells inside the gut and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, when you go, oh my God, haven't done biology (laughs) since since I was 16. I am fully invested. (laughs) But it's really, really interesting. And um, I was learning about like in the gut, you've got as many neurons Mm -hmm. as a Labrador dog's brain. I'm That's insane. So your stomach is as intelligent as a Labrador dog. And it's like, wow, my God, and so much we don't know. And it sends to the brain constantly. And, and how much of that stuff that we don't know. And so, you know, and I'd love to touch on as well, just um, what you were saying about this ability to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And this ability to kind of um, realise that information you're delivering at any one point may also change and develop as you change and develop yeah and one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of on Instagram at the moment you know because that's how I live my life um, as all. many people do um <laughs> is this whole cancel culture thing mm-hmm. and I'm all here for calling shit out right because I totally agree with you that you know a lo- it, not just psychology but a lot of the western medical model is steeped in white supremacy in uh, patriarchal stuff and mm-hmm. there's a lot of racism in the medical model which mm-hmm. needs to be addressed and that kind of shit needs to be called out and it needs to be you know because also otherwise how are people going to be educated on certain topics that maybe um are relevant to everybody but they don't necessarily apply to your life so therefore you don't necessarily see it in the same way right we need to listen to other people mm-hmm. but when someone just gets cancelled they don't have that opportunity to understand and to grow and to learn and to develop as a person it's like no you said this one thing and that was completely wrong and blah 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 and it's like then I don't know I feel like we're getting very polarized into and I think a lot of this is to do with algorithms and some of it is to do with this kind of interesting messaging that gets put out around like just cut people out your life if they don't fit your narrative just cut them out of your life kind of story mm-hmm. and I'm kind of there for it if it's you know super toxic and you know somebody's 
causing you ongoing trauma and it's really really toxic then yeah of course like cut them out if it's like a mate that just so happened to have a bad day <laughs> like said something wrong or out of turn or whatever and you just cut them out like surely there could be a conversation there and I think it's interesting how I don't know I've I find it fascinating one of the things I love about doing this podcast right is about learning mm-hmm. through conversation and understanding yeah. things and there's lots of things that I've learned over the last couple of years that I'm like wow you know shocked that I thought I was quite woke and whatever yeah. and quite educated on lots yeah. of things and there's things that I've learned over the last couple of years that I'm like wow you know I've really got all schooled. of us all yeah. of us For more information on how you can bring your happiness back, why not join Rachel's monthly membership or contact her via her website, www.welfordwellbeing.com. If we look at something like um, racism or patriarchy, we've all internalised, we've all got internalised racism, we've all got internalised patriarchy because it permeates the very fabric of our entire Mm. existence. Um, with cancel culture, I do wonder if it's generational because I'm 44 nearly. Mm. So um, I haven't grown up with a sense of. Lots of people use the word entitlement in a really pejorative way. Mm. But I haven't. Uh, my generation has been more about. We, we were more like the make do kind of mm. um, generation. So the cancelling, it's not something that I'm actively involved in. Mm. But like, Rachel, the truth is, there's a lot of stuff I just don't care about. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I haven't got space for this. Yeah. I'm not, I cannot be involved in every social justice issue there is going but the amount of energy it takes for you to do all of that stuff I could be over here asking myself powerful questions Mm. that enable me to you know for me to sit up straighter have my sternum lifted feeling out and open ready to meet the world that's what I'm much more interested in this is what I'm so here for this is why I wanted you on my podcast (laughs) you're not doing what you're doing yeah I'm over here having a merry old time yes talking about the trauma but actually coming from the lens where I'm asking well this trauma that keeps emerging through everything I'm doing that keeps rearing its head, what is it asking? What is it seeking from me? What am I not giving it so that it can start to become part of my past rather than me constantly behaving in a way where I'm making the traumatic incident or traumatic incidents that happened then remain alive now? Yeah. So let me look after that. Let me look after that trauma so that I can start to um, have a little bit of distance Mm. so I can see the bigger picture so I can have a look at what's what and think to myself, right, that's my experience and this is the new narrative I am going to develop around it. So that trauma can be, you know, I love nature. I love nature references. Let that trauma be shit that becomes alchemized into fertilizer and supports my growth. So let me be like a sunflower that is coming up through the dirt, but constantly rising and facing the sun. And then when it's time for it to wither and fade away, it does that and regenerates and comes back around for its new cycle. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. It's so fascinating. Like a flicking action, like flicking away. And, and, you know, I think that the other thing that is noteworthy with regards to cancel culture is that we can only hold enough space people or or we can we hold space for people at the limit. Mm. We hold space for ourselves. And I'm not talking about all the isms and all the archies. That is different. Yeah. I'm saying like if somebody is being racist, homophobic, like all of that, ableist, all of that fuck that shit yeah but if somebody is saying things in a way you don't like you're probably really activated by that Mm. because your internal dialogue is constantly saying things to you that you don't like Mm. 
but it's much easier for us to externalize and blame over there than take responsibility. We have a huge responsibility deficit problem yeah. in our modern industrial society. Yeah. But I think on that point, everyone's being taught that the answer is outside. So the answer is in the relationship. The answer is in the new job or the promotion or the money. The answer is in getting that car. The answer is in, you know, hitting those numbers, whatever mm-hmm. those numbers might be for you. The answer is in having the family or getting the dog or blah, blah, blah. I don't know, whatever the kind of like yeah. goals that everyone has that they think once I get here, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Like it it doesn't work like that. The answers are inside. And I 100% agree with you with self-questioning. One of the core, like big questions I ask myself a lot is how can I love you more? So when I'm in that space of like, oh, you know, you didn't do this or um, you should be further ahead in your life. What the hell's wrong with you kind of story? Um, And sometimes when I get in that story, I do take a moment just to laugh at myself just a little bit, not in a horrible way, but in that kind of like, oh, okay, we're here, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How predictable. But then I sort of like go, oh, okay, babe, we're here. We're back here again. And then it's like, okay, how can I love myself more? How can I be more loving to myself while I'm in this space of, judging myself, comparing myself, you know, pitting myself against, I don't know, whatever and whoever and how much, you know, whatever that new lofty thing is that I think I should be at already that I'm not there yet. And that always kind of helps me to come back down a bit. We need to be careful when we're doing those kind of inquiries, those explorations, because as human beings – Co-regulation, um, Deb Dana, who I absolutely adore, polyvagal theory, Don. She's oh a God, social right, worker. I'm this down. <laughs> What's oh, the name? Yeah, Deb- please do. She is a social worker by trade. Yeah. She has done extensive study under Stephen Porges. Oh, I've, I know Stephen Porges. Yeah, yeah, so polyvagal theory. Yeah. And she describes co-regulation as a biological imperative. So... Yes, there's all of the self stuff, but Mm. as human beings, for example, when we're born, we don't know how to regulate. Those who are around us, that co-regulation teaches us the skill of self-regulation. Co-regulation comes first. Mm. And that speaks very loudly to the fact that we need other people. Yes. So that self-inquiry is dovetailed by seeking support and connection Mm. from the people who are able to meet you where you're at. Yes. Not the people that are going to say, oh, you think you're too special, you're oversensitive, you're Mm. high maintenance, you're too much, too big, too small, whatever the case may be. So when we get into those states where we need to up the self-loving, where we're asking us those self-questions, when we're talking about self-awareness, self-love, self-care, etc., mm. one of the best ways we can interrupt that cycle is by seeking connection by somebody that is safe, somebody yeah. that our um, nervous system recognizes as a safe nervous system yeah. that is going to have some safe trusting loving neurons that are going to mirror to us what we need in ourselves so i think that whatever we do we are social creatures we are designed for connection so when we have those times it's really really important that you have people that you can access really quickly i'm just gonna send a voice note to this person because i'm about to go down a shame spiral and i need somebody to pull me out And equally, sometimes we need evidence banks where we keep screenshots of feedback, testimonials, emails, feedback people have given us so that we can tap into that. Because whilst we don't want to be overly reliant on validation from other people, we do need validation Mm. from other people. Um, And sometimes we're in a state whereby we need that validation from external to remind us of what we've got going on on the inside. And that is biological. That is not um, 
codependence and all of that jazz yeah. that we like to talk about. It's a very, very fine line. But the more you're able to do that, it's not that you're going to wobble less. You're going to wobble for a shorter period, period of time because you're going to have the tools you need to remind yourself that this is a finite piece of time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there are people, uh, what's it, Banana Rama? it ain't what you do, it's the way that way you that do you it. The way that you do it. <laughs> so literally, it's like, yeah, people talk about self-care, isn't it about bubble baths and whatever else, mm. but actually, if you know why you're doing it and you yeah. know how soothing and restorative warm water is for the nervous system, actually, the way that you have that bath can give mm. you a sense of containment that you um, might not get from picking up a a the phone and trauma dumping on somebody. Yeah. You can regulate yourself a little bit and then get on the phone and um, seek that kind of support. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is another really big thing, right, is, is something that you sort of mentioned earlier that I talk about in a slightly different way is how much capacity we have, you know, at any one given time. And it's yeah. like sometimes you have that friend and I, I have this with a lot of my one to one clients, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, I love this person, but man, but, they like dump on me and I feel really bad and I don't know if I, and I'm like, it's okay to say to people that you love and care about, you know, I don't have the capacity for this right now. I I really love you and I really do care about your welfare and I do want to be there and support you. But right now, in this moment where we are right now, can I ring you tomorrow? Can we, you know, it's okay to push back on that stuff if you don't Rachel, have the capacity. You it know? doesn't just have to be when we don't have capacity. I think <laughs> that we need to hold space for ourselves. So a lot of the work I do is about helping people have the relationships they want to have. Mm -hmm. So the relationship they want to have with themselves, the relationship they want to have with other people. And I have had experiences whereby, you know, I'm quite a maternal person. My background is in social work. I do radiate safety. So people will come and they will feel safe to offload. And I've had to say, I've noticed that the past five conversations we've had has been you offloading. And I think it would be really wonderful if we had a conversation that was celebrating something that was going on or a conversation that was even neutral mm. rather than this being the space that you offload. And don't mm. get me wrong, I'm clenching my bum cheeks when I'm saying that. My heart is beating a little bit faster. My throat is a bit dry, but I've yeah. got to speak that. I need to hand that responsibility back to that person yeah. so they start to take care of themselves. Because when we make ourselves that go-to person, we create a relationship where people don't even try to take care of themselves. They yes. automatically come to you. And we need to check in with ourselves what is it that we gain by being that person? Because sometimes we are doing the tango in creating space for that relationship. Mm. If I want to have relationships and conversations that are honest and real and true and also regenerative, I need to be very clear about what I am and am not available for. Yeah. So it's not just when you're reaching the end of your bandwidth or you're over your bandwidth, because let's face it, face it, the vast majority of us are constantly operating outside our bandwidth because mm -hmm. that's what capitalism and toxic productivity demands from us. Yeah. So we don't know where our bandwidth begins and ends, but we do know what makes us feel good. And if you have people in your life that when their name flashes up on your phone, you're like, oh God, what, what do they want now? It's not about cancelling. It's yeah. not about chucking them off. It's about saying to them, you know, I, I really love talking to you. And I've noticed what I said before. Like, I want to have some conversations where we're able to laugh, where mm. we're able to enjoy, where we're able to talk about things that we've noticed. For example, ways we've grown and not always defaulting to what's wrong. Yes. And it's very, very natural. You know, we have an inbuilt negativity bias that has enabled us to be the most dominant species on the planet. Yeah. But when we are in a position of relative safety, so your friend who's wanging on about her boss and the way the boss treats her, <laughs> da, 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 yeah. are you at home now? 
yes I am have a look around you just to register yeah in your body that you're at home what can you smell what can you see what can you touch what does your breath feel like mm. okay so you're back in your body now we're here we're not now we're yep. not around the boss yeah what can we talk about now don't forget to meet us over on YouTube for the uncut video version and additional content of all episodes. You can find the link in the description. And allowing yourself that space to celebrate. You know, I often, I, not so much recently, obviously, because of COVID, but I was doing these workshops with a good friend of mine. She's a doctor. And as part of the workshops, we would ask people, okay, give us some words for being tired, you know, and it would be really funny. People are shouting out things, you know, and it'd be like tired, exhausted. And then someone would be like knackered and someone would be like, are we allowed to swear? And you're like, yeah, sure. And they'd be like, fucked or, you know, whatever. And then, and it would just be really funny. And there'd be like all these different words. And depending on where you are in the country, there's all the different local colloquialisms and everything. Yeah. Yeah, And it's great. And then you say, okay, great. You know, and you go, okay, now give us some words for when you feel electric alive you feel awake you feel like yes life is good and it's literally like and someone will be like happy is that like a question always always and you just think you're like you could be vibrant you could be juicy you could be effervescent you could feel sexy as fuck there are so many words but they don't have the neuro pathways for it because they don't practice it exacto mundo and And it's not that you don't know it's not that you don't know how to be happy it's not that you're a miserable fuck it's that we're under practiced at celebrating and tuning into what feels good yeah I work with women and I observe all over the place people being as terrified of their joy Mm -hmm. as they are of their shame because we are not used to holding space for feelings no I had exactly that it came up once I was tapping on a few different things I can't even remember what the core thing of the tapping was Mm -hmm. but one of my fears was (laughs) so I'm laughing because it's ridiculous what if I get everything I want? That is that not ridiculous. My, that is a big fear. That was my fear. What Who if I, I get everything I want? My life would be pointless because I've spent my whole life grafting for that next thing, that next level, that next. Come That's on, you know, I'm so ambitious. Us the fuck on. And then it's like, so what if you got everything you want? What if you hit? all these you know so-called goals or whatever and you've got I don't know what things that I want is like you know I want to be able to spend about three months a year on your boat I love being on a boat um so imagine that you have that life take yourself there and suddenly all this fear started coming it was like well my life would be pointless and I was like wow you've been taught that being in a state where you feel safe enough to be pleasured to relax to experience joy you've taught that that's the the unconscious message is that that's pointless yeah there's only a point to life if you're grafting when actually we graft to be able to enjoy let me tell you something oh i do have the scaries about oh my goodness what happens when i get what i want Mm. and i'm also practicing this new coding this new patterning that my rest mm-hmm. is the work then. Yeah. Reading books, cultivating ideas, daydreaming about what I want to do next, thinking about ideas for books I want to write, being really experimental by making different types of jams, going flower picking, sorting out my garden, having a cheeky wank in the afternoon, followed by a bath. <laughs> All yes. of those things are important. Yes. Are the things that make life feel like you're alive, like a yes. verb. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want a life that feels like pulsating. Yeah. I, I literally had it the other day. Um, I often work quite late, you know, because of the gong and I do clear club and mm-hmm. things like that. And a lot of people that I work with tend to work, you know, in the day. So we, we, do our work in the yeah. evenings and that's cool I don't actually mind I'm, I'm pretty lively at night you know my, my body clock's like that so I'm, yeah. I'm quite cool with that but then what I found was I started getting this guilt that I wasn't at work at 9am 
you know and so some days I'd be like no I've got to like get up and do this and you can smash out that and you've got to edit your website and you've got to do this da, 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 and a woman's work is never done you know and then it gets to like half 10 at night or whatever or 10 p.m and you're finishing gong and you're like oh I'm tired and then you know and I don't notice it when I'm doing it it's always when I stop and then I'm that like adrenaline oh, I'm keeps tired. You going and then you crash and then you're like, why are you tired? And then you go, oh, yeah, your day started at 9 a.m. And it's 10. Who works like that? And so now I often have a bit of a lazy morning. Yeah. And I really love it. And I used to feel so How guilty, about that but being I don't. A nourishing morning. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't even mind the word lazy because I'm like, I'm just, I just embrace that. I'm like, I don't Okay, think... I'm very triggered by lazy. Because oh, yeah. That is West African parents. Ooh, what? Okay, yeah, okay. What? So for me, it's not like a trigger. I'm just like, ooh. Because I think in my head, I'm like, a lazy Sunday, which I think to me, that's like an enjoyable treat. So I don't Listen, mind it. <laughs> but for you, being that's a not... lazy child in a West African household, even a Caribbean ha- household, Asian household. It's a no. The yeah. moment you look like you're resting, there will be, if there's no other housework to do, there'll be like the skirting boards need doing, doors need <laughs> yeah, wiping, yeah. read your book, lazy girl, what are you doing? Get up. Yeah. Oh my, what? Yeah. Okay. So nourishing morning. But, but I love no, it. No, you, you, can, you, can ha- you can enjoy the lazy. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to project my stuff onto you. But no, absolutely. And you know what? The thing about our society is you'll be saying, oh my goodness. I started work at nine and client work finished at 10 p.m. Oh, aren't you busy? Mm. Oh, wow, you work really hard. Oh, great stuff. You're valuable. I want to get to the point where I'm excited that I've done all my day's work in three hours and I can spend the rest of the day hanging out in the park, meditating, reading a book. Like, I literally, I love it. You know, I'll get up in the morning and sometimes my flatmate's like, you work instead. I'm like, later. You know, and I sit and I'm reading my book and I'm having a nice cup of tea or coffee. And, I'm, and also it you know, just then means I'll that you're more resourced to serve your clients. And also I don't want to work like the whole point of working for yourself. I'm a really lovely boss. I'm nice to work for. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, would you treat an employee like that? No, oh, or no. don't treat yourself like it then, yeah. you know? It's yeah. like yeah. funny thing. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know, like what one piece of advice would you give to a younger you if you could kind of like go back in time and you're like, hey, Tamu, like oh. this is something I'd love you to know from the future. Like what, what would you pop something back and tell yourself? I would yourself? like myself to know from the future it's safe for you to love the way you love. Mm. You know, growing up in the 90s, having really overt messages about being a strong black woman, not wanting to, you know, this girl power message, uh, being independent, don't need no man. Ladette culture. Ladette, oh my goodness, the Ladette culture. Wait, I'm still unpicking All of that. that. Oh, it would definitely be to love the way you love. That's mm. it. And it, I started doing some work on that myself because I realised I'm like, part of it is, you know, I'm reading more and more about the patriarchy and I can't lie, I'm so I'm so angry at the moment. I'm like angry and I'm like, you know, but I never really wanted to get married. And, I, I've, you know, I've never said like actively no to kids, but I've never really been, yeah. you know, a lot of my girlfriends, you know, they're like, I can't wait to get married and have kids and stuff. I was like, I can't wait to travel the world or like, be I wanted to be a rock star really you know I just wanted to be a hedonist raver party yeah. animal that's that's my life goal yeah should have thought a bit higher than that but um but that's it was a good it was life never, goal if it floats your boat I mean it it did for like 20 years but now not so much but it was it you know it was interesting and then you start looking at unpicking things and I was like talking to my friend the other day and she's married and she was like don't you want to like meet someone and get married I said I want to I'm happy to meet someone I was like I don't know if I want to get married she's like well I was like it's weird like what my dad's gonna come and like give me away to like like another dude and then I like take his name no we don't do that anymore do you know when you're like I don't want to be owned I I like freedom is one of my like Rachel what if you thought about what you do want so a lot of my loving patterning was based on not wanting to see what I grew up with culturally Mm. because I didn't grow up seeing loving relationships between men and women. Yeah. And as a young adult that manifested as I really didn't understand what men were felt for. I could not understand. Mm. I grew up seeing women whose lives became richer, brighter, 
much more enjoyable when they had become divorced. Yeah. So I definitely grew up thinking, well, I don't understand. Apart from having a baby, I don't understand what men are for. Yeah. And then, uh, listen, I'm talking about recent, like the other day. <laughs> At the beginning of the pandemic, I started thinking about what I do want because yeah. I noticed that the more I thought about avoiding what I don't want, the more I create energy that one exactly and so it's now thinking about well if I were to get married for example I want to get married in a registry office yeah I want to hire my favorite restaurant and have people that I love and care about the yeah. sort of people I have deep conversations with I want them there yeah. that's it I want it to be about the marriage, not the wedding. Yes. I want us to have some kind of therapeutic work beforehand yeah. so that we are prepared. And I want us to have rituals in place so yes. that we can keep the aliveness in the relationship and we can keep coming back to, you yeah. know, so there's you, there's me, there's the way we come us. together. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, actually, the more I think about what I do want, the more I'm creating it. Yes. Um, so the, the the outcome of that is you've got to be prepared for what it is you're wanting because yes. you don't get it. But if I was to share the ways my life has transformed from actively, consciously deciding not just to think differently, but to do embodiment work so mm. that I am creating a new unconscious pattern. So I'm ready for what I'm creating. So I don't do that thing where I self-sabotage and, get things oh I never keep things I can't sustain it and all the rest of it <laughs> like literally it's it's wild yeah it wild the way I have you know we would call it manifesting but actually it's bigger than manifesting it's yeah. actually radiating the truth that is within you and allowing that to be reflected back to you yes. so rather than manifesting which tends to be if I do this I'll get that mm. it's like a conduit ecosystem energy where I'm being fueled, I'm sending it back out, that's being sent back to me and it goes yeah. round and round in a cyclical fashion. I love that because I think as well, the way a lot of people talk about the law of attraction, and I, I do believe in the law of attraction in the sense of, you know, there is science that shows mirror neurons, you know, that two <clears throat> protons can be in separate places, even in a vacuum, and they still react as if they're one whole. So yep. I, I believe in the fact that there is something that means if you can connect to that exact frequency of energy you could connect to that and manifest it in your life do I think Julie from Dagenham who does a manifesting course has the level of experience of meditation to be able to literally dial into that very specific energetic frequency, hold it for long enough when she's got three kids, <laughs> a job yeah, yeah. And, and a dog barking else in the is like going on in her life. <laughs> and she's not living a, you know, hashtag monk life where there's yeah. no, you know, there's a reason monks live in frigging monasteries. Exactly. You know what I mean, they ain't going nine to five. No. Nope. So I do believe that's possible. Absolutely. Do I, and I think it's possible for every being yeah. to do that. But yeah. I think the way it's taught is kind of like crazy because it's so, you'd have to be so specific yeah, <laughs> and hold absolutely. that energy for yeah, such yeah. a period of time. Yeah. But you can't hold that. In the context of 12 universal laws. Yeah. So it's like we just want to bypass and go straight to the law of attraction yeah. when actually it's part of a family that creates the way of being in this world. Yeah. And that comes back to that whole nature thing, doesn't it? And cycles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I get I, what I would like to know, because based on what you just said, which I think is really beautiful around the love, you know, I want to love the way that I love. What do you wish you'd known about that before now? What do you wish you'd learned in the last three minutes? In the last three minutes. <laughs> well, well, actually, in that exploration, in that inquiry, what um, I would say to that is I very quickly realized that I, in that internalizing thing again, I internalized the patterning of my mum and you know, the generations that came before and possibly my ancestors, I internalized that as my own, mm -hmm. not realizing that actually 
I don't have to do things their way. And what I can actually do is um, uh, have cultivate something whereby they're passing the baton up the chain mm. rather than me constantly stooping like I believe that my role within my lineage at this point is to heal those ancestral lines mm. so that moving forward we have new patterning created which you know will start with my daughter yes uh, so people talk about breaking ancestral chains and all of that yeah. actually I believe that my role is to heal the chain yeah. so that all the strength so for example the um, endurance mm. my lineage had to experience within me is transmuted into stamina. Yes. I love that. Oh, such a beautiful way, such Ooh. a beautiful poetic way to end. I could literally sit here and talk to you. We should do like a five hour you episode. Could I feel like I, I could, could just talk to you. Okay, no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Got a, got, got a head off. Um, but how do people find you? Because I'm sure there's people listening to this who are just like, wow, right. How how do I get more Tamu in my life? <laughs> you can get more Tamu in your life. But um, Instagram, I describe as my friends, friendship bench. Um, so Instagram is a place that I hang out much more than I should. And I'm there at live 360, L-I-V-E-T-H-R-E-E-S-I-X-T-Y. Or my website, live360.com. Um, I am making a concerted effort. I don't really like efforting, but I feel like I need to honor the amount I've got going on in this beautiful SOMA by placing the effort in creating a regular newsletter. Mm. Um, not like, do you know, I don't sell things very often on my newsletter. I'm mm. more an information sharer via my yeah. newsletter. So do sign up for that because I will be sending digital nourishment to your inbox. Um, those are the main ways, really. You mentioned that I have a podcast. I do have a podcast, but I've left it like an elephant's bloody graveyard. Um, but I'm rebranding and yeah, I'll be relaunching. I've heard the old. Well, the old stuff, oh, there's, no. there's some real gems in the old stuff. So if you look anywhere, you leave, listen to podcasts and look for 360 conversations, you will find uh, some real gems there. Um, and moving forward, that will be uh, morphing into body talk. Oh, I love conversations that. with Tamu Thomas. Love um, that. Because I'm going to be taking much more of a somatic approach mm. um, with my podcast because I think there's lots of um, science people need in a way they can apply it to their life practically. Mm. So, yeah. Love that. Well, thank you, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this conversation so much. <laughs> it's you, been thank everything. You, thank you, thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having me. Thank and you. And to everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And as always, I will speak to you all again very soon. Much love. You have totally got this on a mission to bring happy back. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as Rachel enjoys making this podcast. Why not share it with a friend in need of some heartwarming inspiration? And if you really love it, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people. Thanks for listening. 